This is your friendly host Neeraj uh, from India and you're watching Crypto Freak Podcast Season 2 Episode 1. In this episode, we are going to discuss a news relating to crypto world. Uh, and today we have a special guest uh, with us, Alex uh, Bertlin. So welcome, welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you very much. It's an honor to be here. Okay. So Alex, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, of course. Uh, I'm Alex. I live in Sweden. I was born in Sweden, but I've been living in uh, Norway for some years. But uh, moved back to Sweden recently. So I've been in the uh, in the blockchain space for not fully four years, three and a half years. Just a normal guy that decided to look further into things than most, I guess. Uh, when I started back then, it was just self-education. So I had to find people like you know, like yourself and other people that know more than you know and that's how it goes. Okay, great, great, Alex. So four years in blockchain. Yeah, almost. Okay, okay. So there are a lot of things that you must have learned in those uh, four years, like because I'm learning every every day something new. Yeah, I mean, the, it's a new market, so there are new things coming out every day. So you really got, if you want to stay in the space, you got to learn every day, I guess. So it's a, uh, it's a lot of information to digest, right. but it's fun. Right. So uh, let me ask with a very simple question. If I had to explain uh, blockchain to my grandma, who is around 80 years old, <coughs> how would you uh, describe it? That's, that's a tough question. It's very difficult to explain it to people, I think, still today. Uh, I rather show people how it works. I mean... Uh, I rather show people a transaction and then I explain what happened because then they first they get proof that they you know it worked and then okay. it's easier to explain than than the other way around. But I mean the the easy way to explain it is I guess if you if you have a let's say a transaction book a ledger in a bank. Okay. So the, the bank has one ledger. Okay. So the bank has one point of attack, one vulnerability, for example. Okay. So a blockchain is uh, when you copy that ledger and you spread it around the globe in thousands of uh, copies that is uh, connected online. And they are also updated real time. So if you make one transaction, all these thousands of ledgers are updated. So if okay. you want to hack, if you want to hack the system, then you then you got to hack thousands of computers at the same time across the globe. So that's a really huge challenge. It's not impossible, but it's a way better system than we have today, where we all only have to attack one system. Oh, okay. So you mean uh, there is no centralized system? Is, is, that's what I understand. <clears throat> yeah, there are, there are also centralized blockchains, but okay. uh, different use cases. Okay. In fact, yeah, that was the second question I was uh, going to come to. What are the different types of blockchain? Uh, I have heard about maybe private, public, or uh, maybe since you are into this field for around four years, you could actually throw some light about uh, the different kinds of blockchain. Very basic idea. Well, if, if we look at uh, what we consider the first one, Bitcoin, uh, that's called uh, proof of work. Okay. And that means that in order to secure the network, people or companies like myself can lend computing power into the network. 
So a, a physical computing power is needed to verify the transactions. Okay. So there are advantages and there are disadvantages with this. The disadvantage is, of course, the huge power cost of all the machines running that is going to uh, approve or deny the transactions. Uh, the more power you get into the network, the more rewards in the cryptocurrency you get. So there's an incentive to participate in mining these bitcoins. Uh, the, uh, the pro in this is that it's very, very secure. And also, uh, it kind of sets the minimum value of Bitcoin because it costs power to produce or uh, to get rewarded with Bitcoin. You know, we have to, the, these mining uh, computers takes a lot of power to run them. So the electricity cost, the hardware cost uh, is kind of setting the minimum uh, value of the Bitcoin received because no one wants to mine Bitcoin and sell them for less than what than the actual cost of producing them so that's uh, one of the good things about proof of work so okay. then we got uh, proof of stake uh, then you don't have to that's another system that is uh, much more green so to speak more environmental friendly regarding power then you actually you can verify transaction instead of having a powerful computer you can uh, help verify transactions by holding uh, the actual cryptocurrency in your staking wallet. So the more coins you have in that wallet, the more voting power you have in the system. So that is, uh, a, you, might, you might see it as a more modern uh, blockchain because in that aspect, it doesn't uh, need huge amounts of power and so on. Uh, there is uh, people uh, disagree maybe what system is best. Uh, I'm not sure myself either, but uh, we will see. There are other types of uh, blockchains as well. You can have, if you look at uh, uh, Tron, for example, they have something that they call uh, uh, distributed. Uh, oh, um, I forgot the name. I mean, then we have like uh, 27 nodes that we as users can vote on. So it's a kind of a democratic system, but again, here, some people say that 27 nodes is not enough, so it could be able to, you know, create some kind of uh, organization and sheet the system. If you know, if all these 27 go together, and then they can kind of manipulate the system. But uh, it's unlikely. But we will see. Time will tell what happens. So there are so, ma ma many other different systems, but these are kind of the most common ones. Okay, I've also heard about something called hybrid, which is a combination of uh, both uh, maybe a proof of work and proof of stake, or uh, a, maybe what I understand a combination of a public and a private uh, blockchain. So, uh, do yeah. you have any idea about that, or maybe can you sh share something? Or maybe I've heard names like R3 Corda or something which are totally new for me. So, yeah. To, to be honest, I know too little about the subject, so I'm not the one to answer that question. But I can, uh, I can dig, uh, I can get the information for you. But I, okay. yeah. <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, can you tell me something about maybe uh, the blockchain atmosphere in, uh, or not atmosphere? You can call it a different word scenario in Sweden. Like uh, uh, we, uh, to be very frank with you, uh, from when you talk about Sweden, the one person which I follow is Ivan from Tech. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, since he has his YouTube channel and uh, a lot of following, so uh, just wanted to ask you, how's the scenario of blockchain and cryptocurrency in uh, Sweden? Well, it's uh, it's moving uh, very slowly here in Sweden. We have, uh, I guess, most traders that are just using the systems to for economic gain. I guess we have okay. a few companies that is running here. We have one uh, Swedish operated exchange, for example. We have uh, another kind of a, a Coinbase-like system here, but there are very very few developments going on. Uh, we are trying to, you know, spread some awareness and education more about this here in Sweden, but it, it's slow. Uh, it's much slower than most countries I have contact with. So it's kind of a bummer when you live in Sweden and you're into this space and it, nothing is happening here on the home front. So <laughs> hopefully this will change uh, shortly. But uh, do you have your bank accounts linked to this exchange accounts? Are you able to use that? Because in India, you're not able to use that. Yeah, I mean, we have uh, full access to Coinbase here in Sweden. So where we oh, link okay. our bank accounts to Coinbase. Okay. That, that's no problem. Okay. And uh, right now, um, uh, Alex, uh, on what projects are you working on? I'm working on Bit Depository and Nitec currently. Okay. I have uh, a few other advisory positions in uh, non-profit organizations like Blockchain Forum of Pakistan. That is one of the bigger ones. Okay. Uh, can you uh, tell us more about uh, the two things that you talked about, the Bit Depository and the other one? Sure. Uh, Bit Depository, the ICO is completed. They are building a, uh, a full investment ecosystem, so to speak. It's a new platform where new ICOs can launch their products on. So the Bit Depository is scanning all the projects first uh, to make sure it, there are legit projects. This is the system is designed to stop scams and frauds in all these ICOs and ITOs. So uh, that's the, the basics of the platform. But it will be a full-fledged investment platform with full banking service included as well. So it's a, it's a, what do you say, uh, it's a gutsy project. It uh, has potential to be huge. So they are opening the, uh, the platform in a couple of weeks, I think. And uh, the, the key thing on that platform is that the community that has you know participated in the ICO that uh, has BDT coins right now, they can vote on these new projects and uh, get rewards when they are voting. I mean, the, the voting is like an investment. So you need 55% uh, of the votes to be positive in order for the projects to be able to launch. If it gets under 55%, the project will not launch. So that means that projects that want to have, you know, big funding uh, in a very short time can get funded, you know, overnight on the platform. Oh, if they okay. have a good project and many vote on them, of course. But so it's a, it's a smart system. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done on it, of course, but it's looking yes. good. Well, yeah, sounds very interesting. And what about the yeah. second one? Nitec will be a platform. They, they are in the ICO right now. Uh, it's a platform where they are going to combine artificial intelligence with the, the investment market, uh, traditional investment market, stocks, bonds, 
crypto, you know, uh, most of these markets. And uh, the artificial intelligence will uh, scan markets while you sleep and give you some uh, really good uh, input for investments. So that's also something for, uh, I guess, most people. Yeah, maybe I'm, I'm basically yeah. a, a stock trader. So uh, something like okay. that would de definitely uh, be interesting for me if there is some artificial intelligence that actually tells me in which stocks or maybe a company shares to invest. Uh, that would mm -hmm. be a boon. So definitely yeah, I would be looking for that project. They have so, really good developers that is going to start working on that project now. So. I'm looking forward to following the developments, but uh, that's also a big project. Okay. Uh, now, a lot of people do not understand the difference between token and coins. <clears throat> so uh, maybe if you could uh, tell us more about it, what is a token and what is a coin? Yeah, a coin is something that is native on the blockchain, like uh, like Bitcoin, for example. Uh, okay. And a, a token, that's like... Uh, if you look at Ethereum blockchain, for example, then you can activate a smart contract, like a software, that in the smart contract, you can actually produce a new token. You can produce a, a, a Alex token, for example, and you can decide the amount that is going to be available and specify a certain uh, certain limitations or or something in this uh, smart contract so you and me can create a, a, a token now it only takes you know 10 15 minutes to create uh, your own token so that's a that's a token uh, but the, the coin is native on the blockchain otherwise okay another uh, debatable question uh, that always comes up uh, when i actually attend a uh, majority of the meetups is that uh, everybody uh, is okay with the blockchain thing but when you talk about uh, uh, maybe cryptos <laughs> or crypto assets they are not comfortable with that so uh, do you personally think that uh, uh, both uh, can survive uh, are they dependent on each other or are they totally different or uh, can the blockchain survive and the crypto assets like Bitcoin can be banned or something like that? Uh, I, I guess it's possible. I mean, it's possible. I mean, the, the actual software cannot be regulated, but people can be regulated. Okay. And we, I mean, we are regulated every day, whether we like it or not. It's good or bad, I don't know, but we are regulated on a daily basis, right? We, we cannot cross the street in some cities. You know, you have to go on the right place. That's a regulation. Same with crypto, it's, it is being regulated in, uh, in most uh, countries right now. But I think it's a good thing. I think it will survive, but it will not modify maybe a couple of times before we see a final product or final regulation, you know. So some countries may, may never approve it. I don't know. We'll see. Okay. But because uh, in case of Bitcoin, it does not have uh, maybe uh, any kind of person because there, there, there's no person uh, <laughs> responsible. So um, so wanted your opinion about it. Yeah, um, that's what I mean. You cannot really regulate the uh, the software. It's, it's, okay. it's like a... It's, it's like a it's like a virus. It's out there. You can't stop it. You know, you can you can only try to regulate the uh, the environment around it. So. <laughs>
Okay. Now uh, let's go through some of the news that have come in. Uh, okay. The first the first news is uh, from Monero. Uh, like there were some new instances of Monero malware uh, called uh, Crypto Jacker. Now the Crypto Jacker, uh, if you do not know, is some kind of malware which actually enters uh, the computer and starts mining for uh, Monero. <laughs> on uh, individual computers now this has infected uh, earlier it was maybe for uh, other operating systems but now it has uh, infected even the linux linux users and uh, it has uh, increased to such an extent that microsoft has uh, removed its eight windows 10 application from its official app store after semantic reported that so mm -hmm. uh, have you faced any kind of this issues or have you heard anything like this before well uh, yeah i've heard about it uh, i'm not aware of i haven't been subject to it as far as i know i mean i guess these uh, these viruses are kind of in invisible so you don't know it <laughs> but but I, I think I think I'm pretty good uh, with using computers and software and how to avoid these kind of things. But you never know. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, second news is from uh, Ripple. Now, uh, in UAE exchange and payment uh, platform Unimoney has uh, has joined the Ripple's payment <clears throat> network. Now, uh, Finably, a global payment platform and foreign exchange operator based in U UAE has joined RippleNet blockchain network. I, I suppose RippleNet is uh, Ripple's uh, blockchain, uh, some software of Ripple. Can, can you repeat the question? RippleNet. Yeah. Uh, so UAE's uh, exchange and payment platform uh, Unimoney has joined the Ripple payment network. Uh, Ripple. Okay. Yeah. So uh, what do you think? Uh, have you heard about the Ripple Net and or maybe some softwares of Ripple? Yeah. I think what you're meaning now is they have a new partnership. Uh, Ripple yes. is doing a really good job in acquiring new banking partners. So uh, I think uh, Ripple is here to stay, definitely. Uh, I mean, okay. even even banks are seeing the the advantage of using uh, Ripple instead of using traditional uh, transactions between uh, intercontinental transactions. Right, uh yeah, in fact, uh, right now UAE UAE uh, has started transactions with Thailand, and then they are going to see how the results are, and then they are going to uh, maybe uh, uh, pass it on to other countries. So they are mm. testing it out in Thailand. But uh, I just wanted to hear your opinion about Ripple because uh, uh, if. Uh, because I'm I'm a Bitcoin fan, frankly, and uh, uh, when <laughs> when somebody talks about Ripple, the first thing that comes into the mind, oh, it's it's a central authority, and then you lose all the interest. So, uh, just wanted to hear your opinion about the same. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's new technology. I mean, if it if it can better the systems that they have today, I mean, what's the problem with that? In in my opinion, I'm not using it, so it, for me, it has very little effect. So I try to focus on the things I know that I can affect and the things that products I like, you know. So I mean. Uh, we will see what happens. I mean, banks are banks regardless, you know. So <laughs> I, I see no uh, no bad thing about it. Uh, I see uh, I see adoption. It helps awareness. I don't care if it's a central authority that is running this. It's technology that they're using. Okay. Now Ripple has got another partnership, and now this is uh, for maybe. Uh, uh, making payments to Philippines uh, through a service called Send Friend, and they are using the X Rapid product for that. And mm. uh, it is believed that the fees will be reduced by 65% than the industry average. Now, if you have uh, a fees reduction of 65%, don't you uh, feel that majority of people are going to use that? Uh, and most of the banks are going to adopt this because uh, right now the system uh, they are using most of the banks are using a system called swift which actually takes a lot of time yeah but this is why where i am stuck really about ripple because as i understand I'm, i could be totally wrong about this but as it is my understanding that ripple will only be used by bank to bank for example or large organizations. It will never be used by you and me to, to make transactions. So yes. in that regard, I mean, uh, as I see it, we are not going to use Ripple. So it will not affect our daily life. But I could be wrong. I mean, I think they they had Ripple for bank to bank, and then they have a, a What's the uh, Ripple's, uh, the other project they run? Oh, sorry. Gotta check. I'm tired today. <laughs> <laughs> What's the coin name again? It's, uh, I'm talking about uh, Stellar, of course. Stellar is the, the version of Ripple that uh, we will use if we are going to transact. So this is my uh, limited knowledge about this. So I, as I said, I could be totally wrong about this, but I think Ripple is for banks. Stellar is going to be for you. Okay. Uh, now uh, talking about Litecoin, some news from Litecoin. The Litecoin Foundation uh, and Beam partners uh, have uh, have partnered with each other to explore new uh, protocol. Uh, and the uh, Litecoin prices have soared thirty percent on the on this news. What this uh, foundation has uh, done is uh, there's a new protocol that would improve the privacy and scalability of litecoin that is uh, okay. they will mm -hmm. convert the normal litecoin into some something called mimble wimble <laughs> uh, litecoin <laughs> and okay. focus uh, focus 
Now, Mimble, uh, the funny thing is this, Mimble Wimble is actually taken from uh, Harry Potter's uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> movie. Uh, yeah. And upon conversion, it will be possible to transact with Mimble Wimble uh, Litecoin and uh, incomplete confidentiality. So uh, basically, they are trying to make it a more of a private uh, coin. So, what mm. do you think uh, uh, is Litecoin going in the right direction? Um, very difficult question. I, I think that uh, I think that if regulations will become very tight, then I think there will be a huge future for privacy coins. Okay. That's what I think. I mean, if if regulations were easy, then it would be seem like almost all the coins were privacy coins. But if they tighten up the regulation, people are still want to be, you know, anonymous and do trades on the side. So I think that uh, the whole privacy coin market is has huge potential. But because I I think that we will get more regulation, a lot more regulation. So. Maybe I, it's a secret tip to anyone out there. <laughs> Privacy coins. Yeah. So, uh, so if you uh, if you really want to get into cryptocurrency, then you should actually go in for privacy coins. That's what you're suggesting. To, I'm not to, suggesting anything. Uh, to, <laughs> to avoid the uh, provided uh, there are a lot of regulations, then privacy privacy coin might be your best bet. It could be that, yeah, it could be. Okay. Uh, now, talking about regulations, uh, uh, let's talk about Venezuela. Venezuela recently actually uh, came up with a legal uh, framework which actually came into force on January 31st, uh, that is mm -hmm. uh, from 1st of February. So, I was looking at what are the features of the new law or new regulation that it uh, had. So basically, this uh, the new uh, features uh, new features where that it gives a short definition of crypto assets, blockchain, mining, cryptography, everything, and it requires obligatory licenses for mining entities and crypto exchanges, and introduces a fine for unlicensed activities. So if you have any kind of uh, unlicensed one, then <coughs> Uh, fines mm. and it also has created a, a national uh, crypto watchdog called suna crypt uh, which stands for national uh, superintendency of crypto assets and okay. uh, related actives or something like that <laughs> <laughs> so uh, which uh, which looks after that so uh, my question to you is uh, in my country uh, that is india uh, there are around uh, like if a small country can of venezuela can come up uh, with regulations and that too uh, with uh, when the country is actually going through hyperinflation it is going through uh, maybe uh, sanctions uh, from us uh, I still uh, feel bad for India. Why is India taking uh, 
a time. It was so much time. I just wanted to ask you what is Sweden's stance on it, or are there any regulations in uh, Sweden, or is it the same? In <clears throat> okay, so in Sweden, it's one hundred percent legal and it's already regulated but it's an early version of regulation in regards to uh, how taxation is going to work so it's okay. kind of a it's kind of a messy shit storm uh, in regards to that right now but it's it's still early so i guess it will change many times in in the following years but today you can actually just uh, comply with the system and uh, for example, if you, if you buy Bitcoin and if you sell it later and get profits, you just pay taxes like if you're selling a stock. You know, it's the same kind of system. But for traders, it's, uh, you know, it's it, as I said, it's a shitstorm because then you need to, uh, uh, you need to uh, check all the trades. So it's kind of an impossible situation right now. But so they, I think they're looking into into it, of course, but it's not uh, sustainable as it is right now. But uh, we'll see. Okay, and also just to add, in Venezuela, the maximum amount of six hundred dollars can be transferred per month using crypto. <clears throat> so you cannot trans use more than six hundred dollars as per the regulation. And uh, if okay. you're using that, then maybe you will have to incur some fine. So, uh, wow. <laughs> so very interesting uh, article uh, which I found out. So yeah. I, I, I personally felt very bad because if a country like a Venezuela is able to do that, um, why is India not able to do that? So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't know why. It's uh, it's not fair, <laughs> you know. It, it's unjust. <laughs> you, you you need to speak to the authorities. I try to do the same here in Sweden. We need more. Uh, we need a framework uh, framework here in Sweden so that we can start uh, performing. Uh, you know, uh, crowdfunding here, ICOs, ITOs, STOs, or whatever. We have no framework for for that here in, in Sweden today. So in we fact, are missing out. A lot of funds because we have no framework in fact in india uh, we were just hearing news that okay it is still in progress it is still in progress so now we uh, one of the uh, crypto enthusiasts actually launched a rti rti stands for right to information or something like that where you can directly ask the government and the government is minded to answer that so uh, mm. when uh, they asked what exactly is the situation of crypto uh, uh, crypto regulations, we were told that it is still in progress and it will come soon. And in okay. fact, uh, uh, there's a summit, uh, blockchain summit, which is happening uh, in around uh, today's 17. So it's happening on 22nd. Uh, where a lot of government the authorities are actually coming in one place and going to discuss about blockchain. So hopefully uh, by, by this month end, we should have at least have some information about what is going to happen in India. Okay. Uh, 
So uh, uh, why I'm talking about India so much is because uh, India has a population of 1.3 billion and most of the people in India are millennials. So uh, who are using the technology, uh, are uh, know about the crypto and with regulations in place that they will be more comfortable in using uh, the crypto assets and that's the, uh, and i think personally when uh, regulations come in india there will be boost in the prices of <laughs> crypto assets yeah so, let, so let's see what happens <laughs> uh next is about uh, a report uh, from uk financial watchdog uh, they have said that 255 million dollars lost in crypto related scams in 2018 so according to UK's FCA, which stands for Financial uh, Conduct Authority, scammers have used online uh, sources 9% more than in 2017. Um, mm. Contacting people through emails and professional looking websites as well as, to, uh, as, well as social media websites like Facebook and Instagram. So, uh, uh, what are your thoughts about it? Maybe uh, since you were also a part of the <laughs> crypto revolution, so uh, did you actually face any uh, uh, scams maybe in 2018? Or very... Not uh, not that I participated directly in myself. Uh, I did come across a lot of uh, what I thought was scams. Uh, but also, I mean, I think this is an important point. Not all projects that fail are scams. I think, to be honest, I think the number could be exaggerated. You know, I think it's it's so it's a new space. People are taking advantage. They are, you know, they are really maybe young people with no experience starting an ICO, and of course, it's uh, it's not a good recipe. You know new people get a lot of money and they don't know how to build a company and they fail so it doesn't have to be scams all these uh, tokens and coins that you know just vanishes it, uh, probably most of them are just useless uh, company builders you know but there are scams and uh, yes i've come across a couple of them but uh, did not invest <laughs> did not work with them okay so so based on maybe your experience uh, what are the few things that you should actually look out in a scam because this is really important because uh, most of the information i have found out that maybe look out for maybe a spelling mistakes in uh, uh, the white paper or something like yeah. that or maybe uh, don't just don't just go on the advisors uh, even if the advisor is McAfee, that doesn't mean that the coin is supposed to be good. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, I would just uh, like your inputs on this thing. Well, I can tell you what I do myself when I search, uh, when I research a new company. Okay. Of course, you need to go through the uh, the core team. Who are they? What are their history? Uh, some of them uh, have already been a part of the board uh, in other companies. Some of them might have been building traditional companies before. I mean, do they have some activity on LinkedIn? Do they have some activity on their social media accounts? 
then you check the uh, the the company's social media accounts you can see if they have uh, you can see a lot of you know these uh, comments that are bought you see you see these russian names and you have the same comments on every post they do nice project cool site hello team good team and then it's bullshit so that's a warning signal of course but i mean uh, try to contact the team talk to them see if they're real people and if they answer you have to do the due diligence and of course look at the the scope of the project what are they trying to do is it plausible can they do it so yeah i guess the the social media aspects uh, for me is the most important one to, to research and of course the, the white paper yeah the white paper but that's that's just a paper it's more important to see some activity the paper i can write you know a paper doesn't mean i can build a company you know <laughs> so yeah, it's better to connect with the with the team Okay. And uh, uh, also, a lot of people feel that uh, maybe collecting money uh, initially for the whole entire uh, project uh, is not a good option. Rather, they look out for maybe people uh, uh, or projects which already have an existing project and maybe they want to upgrade and they are looking out for uh, some money. Uh, or maybe they are just uh, demanding money only for maybe the step one of that and then they will mm. uh, once that is complete they will again ask for uh, money so what do you think is a good option because uh, uh, a lot of people feel that maybe when you uh, uh, ico is very easy money uh, yeah so yeah it's it's a good question it's a legit question uh for me personally as an advisor i i will never again work for a company that is starting with zero development uh, because they have no funding uh, you work basically free in the hope that their token is going to be valuable because they they pay advisor very often in only tokens you know so it's kind of uh, they they are not taking their own money to invest into the project. They just create the token and hope it will be worth something. And they pay the team of advisors their, their token. So we can do a lot of work uh, with possibly zero output. So I will not accept any more projects. It has been, uh, it's changing, I think. And we can see the, the ICO, I mean, the crowdfunding scene is changing a little bit in the right direction, I hope. Uh, coming to the next news, uh, Bank of Spain wants its citizens again crypto, uh, given the lack of local regulations. Spain has not passed any legislation in regard to cryptocurrency and that crypto exchange platforms and other companies in the sector are neither uh, uh, authorized by the cent central bank. So uh, basically, uh, if you maybe uh, pay somebody by uh, cryptocurrency and somehow something ha bad happens to that uh, or he does not receive that or uh, there are some problems then you cannot approach the government to get a refund for the same. So uh, I suppose in Sweden it's totally different. It, it is uh, or it, uh, it is still uh, because in India it is not still considered a legal tender. So uh, mm. 
Sweden, I suppose in Sweden also, it's uh, not a legal tender, I suppose, right? Yeah, yeah. So that this is something that they're looking uh, on how to approach. There's nothing completed yet, so it's the same situation here. Okay. Now, uh, uh, FSB, uh, which stands for Financial Stability Board, now which is an international body compri uh, comprised of financial institutions such as central bank and regulators. Uh, remark that growth of cryptocurrencies as an asset class may challenge any framework. So uh, according to them, tasks for developing a framework to deal with the evolving financial systems will not be an easy task. So uh, what it means is the banks are saying that uh, uh, the cryptocurrencies are evolving so fast that it, the banks are finding it very difficult to match them. And it, uh, it, they're finding it difficult to maybe uh, uh, build uh, frameworks that would be matching to that. So uh, do you believe that? Uh, yeah, what they're, what they're actually saying is that they're losing, they can see that they will lose huge amount of money. So they want to hinder this progression. They want to make it slower. They are worried, of course, because every customer that chooses to look at blockchain and look at these new companies popping up, these neo banks, as we call them, young banks that is built by uh, young tech entrepreneurs. This is becoming the new banks and these old dinosaurs will start you know, suffocating. So th this is a very dangerous situation for, for banks. So they are trying everything. They don't know how to handle this. As I said, I mean, the blockchain is a virus. You can't stop it. They're trying to do things to hinder that we can, you know, use this. We have seen this here in Sweden. They have blocked our accounts when we are in the early days when we, when Coinbase started to become available here in Sweden, we started to buy crypto from Coinbase and the banks blocked our accounts. I mean, but after the, the wave of investors came to Sweden, then they could no longer ignore it. They could no longer, you know, block us. It happens from time to time. You see here in, in my building here, we have uh, one of the Sweden's largest banks, Nordea. They are uh, prohibiting all their employees to invest in crypto. Outside, I mean, in their personal life, they are prohibited by their workplace. It's disgusting. So you, you will see more and more of this. It will be panic on their side in a couple of years. And you see these new neobanks popping up. You have Wirex, you have uh, Revolut that is also integrating crypto. You have MCO, crypto.com. You have uh, N26, for example, all these crypto with cards. New banks that are gaining hundreds of thousands new customers every month. So it's a, it's a bad situation for. So what for do you bank. see the future for banks? The, uh, the old dinosaur banks must adapt to the new technology and to the people for once because they will lose too much profit if they don't. This is my opinion. And we, we, I mean, we see this happening right now. 
So we maybe maybe they some way manage to run us over. I don't know. I mean, regulate us into the ditch, so we get back to the Stone Age again. But I hope uh, I hope we at least uh, listen. I'm no big believer in all these wet dreams about 100% decentralization. You know, people want anarchy. It, I think it's it's a wet dream by some nerds. But we can at least share the power a little bit in our direction. It could be better, but not the not the totally well decentralized world. Well, that will never happen. We are we are humans. We are people. We are beasts. We are on top or down below. You know. So um, uh, I'll ask you a very difficult question now. <laughs> if um, sure. <laughs> if uh, there's a, a person who is just uh, coming out of college uh, and, uh, or a fresh graduate and is looking for work, <clears throat> now he has two options. Number one, to get employed in a bank. Uh, and number two, and maybe uh, look for maybe job in a blockchain environment. So which should he uh, prefer considering the future? If you only have those two choices, yes. Well, in order to get a job in in blockchain, you need to get educated on the matter. So I would suggest you go to one of the uh, uh, available education on blockchain. Start uh, learning uh, uh, to code smart contracts. Uh, there is a huge need for developers and. Uh, I mean, these companies pay you very, very handsomely because there are no people available. So if you if you train as a coder and go into smart contracts or some other uh, career path in blockchain, you you will do good. I I always recommend people to look into this. Not many do. I, I'm not sure if they you know don't believe me, but you can add one zero in your monthly salary if wow. you go into blockchain. I mean, if you look at traditional jobs, so. It's a, it's a really good pay. It's a good career. Uh, you, you will thank yourself if you at least try to look into it. Good advice for any listener out there. Sure. Uh, going, going towards the next news, the Japan's Economic Alliance asked financial regulator, that is the FSA, to reduce tax on crypto. Now, uh, mm -hmm. earlier the tax was... Uh, based on progressive uh, taxing and uh, it was around uh, 55 percent and they want it to be reduced to 20 percent which is the regular tax uh, so uh, what do you think about that 55 percent tax on uh, cryptocurrencies well i, I guess i mean it it's up to you know the the country itself i mean there is different taxes on everything in all the countries in sweden we have disgustingly huge tax on everything so for me it's no shocking number you know but uh, i guess in other countries it's uh, really <laughs> really high you know so uh, i don't really have an opinion about that taxes uh, is good if the country uses them good so yeah i don't know <laughs> can't answer i can't answer that 
Okay. Talking about since you actually uh, uh, talked about an important point, uh, taxes to be used in the right way. Now, uh, when I learned uh, my blockchain, not the blockchain, but when I learned the cryptocurrency, one of the major things was that uh, it, it gave an example of the uh, Federal Reserve and it talked about when the politicians come into power, they just promise things and uh, uh, they, then they start uh, and they don't have money to give those to fulfill their promises and that's that's where uh, they actually uh, draw money from uh, uh, people and the tax money is actually uh, and that's how the national burden increases of the country so uh, do you actually believe that uh, can you can you repeat the question because audio disappeared for uh, in the middle there so i couldn't hear the the question okay uh, the tax generally that is collected uh, from people many countries use that tax to actually uh, uh, like settle the national debt rather than maybe concentrating it on maybe social welfare program though they promise a lot of things and this is not uh, specific about maybe india or uh, us or this is on general uh, so do you believe in that or i mean uh... the tax that is actually uh, collected is not used in the right way that, that's what I'm uh, saying. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I, I think what you're saying uh, is my opinion on Sweden. I don't think the tax is used correctly in Sweden. I cannot okay. really say about India or other states, but uh, in Sweden... Yeah, I, I just wanted uh, in reference to your country, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah I mean, we, we live in a good country. Sweden is, uh, is fine, but uh, it could be it's a small country but we could be a superpower with the amount of taxation we have on our people here but they're using this tax money and putting it in the, the trash can it's uh, utterly useless politicians up there right now so from the outside sweden might look like a super country it is not it's disgusting there as well as in many other countries it's corrupt uh now let's come to that, 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 that's a long that's a long discussion by the way we can take that another another time <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's a long discussion and that's uh, how i actually uh, uh, came into cryptocurrency so that's a long yeah. talk <laughs> long talk uh now we're talking about maybe some scam news uh, uh you must have heard about the uh, bath uh, platform B A K K T platform. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now there was a fake website that recently came up. <laughs> um, okay. And uh, uh, that was mimicking the uh, 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 platform. And uh, 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 the name of the website was buffplatform.io. And it was asking from interested crypto investors and also saying on their website that uh, a platform will launch on March 12, 2019. And it was asking money 
uh, from uh, investors. <laughs> okay. So how how would you uh, now people are becoming more and more smart. So and uh, also people want to invest in uh, the latest technology. So how how would you suggest if th- there are websites like these coming up uh, day in and day out? How should a normal person uh, actually not fall a prey to it? Well, I mean, I think you should think as you do in uh, in a real situation, like in this room. Would you just go up to a stranger and give him your money and, hey, can you invest this for me and come back in a couple of months and I get some profits? Do you, would you do that? Or would you really do some real research into the company? I realize that, I mean, <laughs> these people that are investing in these sites, they are very short on the trigger. I, I, I see no other reason. I know that some of the sites are very, I mean, very well designed. So it looks real, real, real. But I think that you should really consider at least five times or ten times do another research. I mean, uh, some people invest millions into these projects. So research more there is no way in hell that you can be 100 percent sure there's always a risk in everything but you can what you can do is minimize the risk of losing everything that's uh, what i say to all my uh, my customers that come to me for help for example i can help you minimize the risk of losing everything i cannot help you earn money i can promise you that and they say, okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> uh, the second uh, news, scam news, uh, is uh, from a fake MetaMask crypto malware uh, pulled from uh, Google, Google Play, after tip off from one of the developers. So, this particular uh, uh, software was known as a clipper. The malware replaced the copied cryptocurrency wallet address with the address belonging to the attacker uh, in a hope that the funds will be sent elsewhere without uh, the users uh, noticing it. So uh, now the problem here is that uh, uh, we are talking about well-known names like MetaMask. Now, I personally, I use MetaMask. Um, yeah. And uh, that too, uh, that is present on Google Play. So these are Google Play and MetaMask are some names which are, uh, well, there's a brand for it. Now, if something happens uh, uh, to that or if there is malware in that, then it becomes very difficult for any person to actually find it out so uh, i would yeah. love to hear your suggestions or maybe how this could have been avoided uh, it couldn't be avoided if google had the appropriate staff to scan the the applications i mean it shouldn't have been uploaded there and approved in the first place right but do i understand it correct that it was an application that was like a a clone of the MetaMask 
and it was uploaded and downloadable from Google, right? Yes. Okay. So then it's uh, the responsibility I see is uh, on Google. I'm no expert on law, but uh, from my viewpoint, Google is uh, the bad actor here. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, uh, actually, I uh, had faced a lot of problems like this earlier when I was starting off with cryptocurrency, just sharing this right now, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, where uh, cryptocurrency was very much new and uh, I, uh, there were some websites which talked about the mining would be faster if you invest around $50, $100 and you'll double the amount. And what used to happen is I used to, uh, you, when you used to download that software, it used to replace the uh, wallet address with their wallet address, similar to what was okay. mentioned here. So I have personally gone through this, uh, not the MetaMask, but definitely, uh, yeah, uh, this was a problem which I personally faced and uh, it was only experience which taught me those things. Uh, <laughs> next is about blockchain news. Uh, there are some blockchain news, important blockchain news. Uh, the first news is from China. So new guidance to implement blockchain in agricultural agricultural finance sector in China. So they are looking out for agricultural finance. Uh, here you can uh, you, here you apply blockchain in agriculture finance uh, and it will streamline the collection and sharing of agricultural data and blockchain uh, uh, blockchain based uh, customer screening is expected to improve credit evaluation model. So um, that's what uh, they are saying. So just wanted to know what do you think about that? Uh, application of blockchain in maybe agricultural finance. No, yeah, okay. The only thing I, uh, I don't know much about that really. Okay. Uh, the only the only projects I've seen personally that has uh, blockchain in agriculture is where they uh, make uh, make the whole supply chain transparent. With the, you know they have the smart sensors uh, by the crops. They're measuring the the humidity in the air, the uh, the rain, the the soil quality, and so on. And of course, the GPS coordinates and time. So the the uh, when they harvest, they put this on the blockchain. So the you know the the supply chain can follow everything. Uh, this is actually being developed in in Pakistan. Uh, oh, okay. That, that kind of yeah, that's the the only contact I've been with blockchain in regards to agriculture. So, but it's really interesting. Okay. Now, another uh, application of blockchain is in uh, clinical research. Um, there's a there's a company called Bohirger uh, Ingelheim, and IBM has partnered with that. And uh, basically, uh, the clinical record keeping is a highly complex at is at as it involves a lot of stakeholders, resulting in limited trust and uh, transparency and uh, is not there 
and uh, there are a lot of process insufficiencies. <coughs> so blockchain would solve those problems. So IBM is actually looking out, uh, has partnered with them. Clinical research. Okay. Now there's also an European startup uh, called uh, SDK.finance, which is a finance platform. And it is using an Oracle blockchain uh, platform to boost payment process. Uh, and the reasons it is using it is because it wants to make it cost efficient, secure, and it wants to do the cross-border payments in seconds. So yeah. uh, we will see a lot more of those. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, uh, next news is from Coinbase. Now, Coinbase uh, recently came up uh, uh, saying that in the Coinbase wallet, users can now back up your private keys or encrypted keys on Google Drive and iCloud. So, uh, That's fine. Then I should do that myself. Then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, that is because to safeguard again lost keys. Now, talking about lost keys, there was a recently an incident which happened, which you must be also aware of, uh, regarding one Canadian cryptocurrency exchange, Quadri uh, something, Quadri uh, Quadriga CX. Uh, yeah. There was a person or the co-owner called Gerald Cotten who had actually come to India for some work and somehow, unfortunately, he expired. He uh, uh, expired in uh, India and uh, then the, the, uh, nobody had access to the cold uh, wallets. And uh, so how, how could this problem be resolved? Well, it can't be resolved if he was the only one with the, the private key. But, but it, it's a good learning session, I think, for everyone. I, I think this is the, the fault of micromanagement. This guy must, I don't know him personally, you know, but this guy must be a control freak. You could implement systems where uh, at least one or a couple of more people have access uh, to the private key, it could be through an intermediary or whatever, you know. So it's a, it's a sad situation for investors. It really is, but I don't think that the, I don't think it's a single case. I think this is the case in probably other exchanges as well. I, I hope that the bigger exchanges, like you know. Binance, and if you look at Poloniex or HitBTC, or you know that they have a better system in place. But look at Binance. What happens if there's one private key, one person access? If you know, Shang Peng has one private key, and he's the only guy who got the access. I don't think so. They have a better system for that. And uh, what do you think about Coinbase idea about uh, maybe uh, copying it to Google Drive and iCloud? Uh, they say that uh, they will not have an access to the same. Uh, however, uh, what what is your personal opinion about the same? I think that all private keys should be stored 100% offline. Okay. And what's the best way in doing that? Print it on paper or, I mean, laminate it, print it on steel. 
carve it into stone, hide it in a bush or something. I don't know. Maybe it should be it should be offline. I mean, the the blockchain is secure, but if you hide it in in your hard drive, it's not secure on your hard drive. I mean, it should be total off. You can use one of the uh, use a ledger. That's a good uh, good uh, investment. But uh, if you want to store your private key, you do it offline. That's my recommendation, at least. Okay. Uh, since you mentioned Ledger, uh, I'm not sure whether you have heard one of the news which said that a person purchased a Ledger Nano, uh, but it was not from the official Ledger website, yeah. but he purchased it from maybe Amazon or something. And uh, then <laughs> his private keys were... Uh, uh, Accessed by some other person, and they had yeah. access to this crypto. So, <clears throat> so uh, uh, I think education in the cryptocurrency field is very, very, very critical because here you're actually playing out yeah. with uh, actual money. Yeah, I mean, as I said earlier, there are drawbacks about blockchain. There, there, you, you get this huge responsibility. You, you have the power of your own assets. That, that is the best, you know. No one can control it but you. There is no bank that you need to ask permission to send you money. Hey, please, bank, can you send Nirash $100, please? Can I do that? There is no intermediary, and that's, that's a really good feeling. But it, it's also a feeling of terror when you have, you know, this private key on a piece of paper and... Where are you gonna store it? You're gonna hide it behind the painting, or you know. <laughs> so you have a huge responsibility, and if you are an investor with big amounts of money on your account, it's uh, it's, uh, it's not the best feeling to be responsible, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so it's two sides of the coin. Right. But uh, I agree, education is totally critical about this. It is. A lot of people lose. Uh, their private key as well. Okay. Uh, now the world's uh, coming to the next uh, news. The world's fifth largest bank uh, uh, aims to plan blockchain payment network in 2020. We are talking about Japan's Mitsubishi uh, UJ UFJF Financial Group, and uh, it has partnered with United States content. Uh, delivery akami some so uh, in japan uh, do you have any interaction with japan what 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 do you feel about japan blockchain is huge blockchain and cryptocurrency is huge in japan and in fact it is a legal yeah. tender in japan yeah they have uh, they must have had some really good people in high places early because they have really tried to make the best of the situation and uh, they have done some good adoption there actually. Many vendors in place accept Bitcoin as payment. Uh, you have companies there that's paying uh, salaries in, in Bitcoin. Uh, you see, it's not a lot of them of course, but we, we see more movements there in, than in many other places. So I think it's a good, uh, good thing that you're doing there. They have good education. I mean, they have, I think they have a solid online awareness in, in Japan. Uh, I guess it's maybe it's something about their culture, but they, 
maybe they uh, I'm just guessing maybe they take education more seriously than other places I don't know right in fact I remember news uh, that had come up recently about India uh, in fact the Indian government had sent uh, people from the uh, uh, from the people who were going to regulate uh, blockchain in India they had actually uh, sent those people to Japan to study how it worked, how the regulations work. So I hope uh, to see a positive result uh, from them. So let's see how it yeah. goes. Next thing is from South Korea. South Korea's second populous city uh, signs MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, with blockchain firm to promote fintech. Uh, which is the uh, the city name is Busan City and uh, the name of the party is Hyundai Pay. Even in South Korea, cryptocurrency. Uh, uh, I was actually looking out at uh, some channels, and uh, it's uh, cryptocurrency is huge, and even uh, there's a lot of awareness in South Korea. So, have you maybe uh, have you have you had any interaction with? Uh, any South Koreans? Not personally. I only read a lot of news coming from South Korea, so I'm aware that they also uh, are very on top of the game. So yeah, that's also good. But I have no, uh, I have no uh, private connection with South Korea. Okay. But I mean, if if, uh, if anyone is listening from South Korea, please connect with me because I want to have some networking in uh, South Korea to see how things are handled on ground there, but I have very little information on that, sorry. Next one is from uh, news from Italy. Italian Banking Association, also known as ABI, uh, further test interbank blockchain system powered by R3 Corda. Uh, technical partners are R3 then uh, second uh, one is Japanese firm NIT data and uh, third one is the Italian firm ICT company SIA. Now, uh, uh, do you know what is R3 Corda? Because in one of an Indian uh, uh, blockchain startup also, uh, this particular uh, platform was used. Uh, so I have just heard the name, but I don't know much details about it. Yeah, I, I can't say much about it either. I hear my one of my best contacts in Pakistan talk a lot about it, but I have very little information about that myself. Okay. But I, I will dig some uh, dig some information. Okay. It uh, further says that it was tested by eighteen banks uh, that represent seventy five percent of the Italian banking sector uh, by number of. Uh, employees now the project is now in a pre-production stage and uh, there is uh, going to be testing for 365 days so uh, do you uh, do you have uh, this particular stages in ico also like in pre-production stage well i guess there are ico stages it's different from from all projects okay yeah. Yeah, hold on, I'm just gonna put the power plug in. Oh, okay. It was almost zero. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they, they usually are different stages, but it's different in every project. So there is no, 
you know, uh, there's no perfect list. Uh, have you heard about uh, Hyperledger? Yes. Okay. Now, Intel launches commercial blockchain uh, package based on Hyperledger fabric. Uh, it announced that the new product is designed for businesses that want to launch their own blockchain uh, fast and effectively. The product will use Intel's hardware such as Xeon, processors and ethernet network adapters so uh, can you okay. uh, maybe uh, give an idea about what is hyperledger no uh, no i can't uh, that's on the technical side and uh, that's <laughs> okay. my forte you know <laughs> okay <laughs> pass next question <laughs> uh chinese tech giant baidu launches blockchain us uh, operating system to support dApps uh, development so uh, i think in china baidu is used it's just like uh, google yeah okay uh, next is an in interesting news hsbc it's news from hsbc hsbc reports that 25% savings in forex trade settlement uh, when they have used blockchain uh, platform based on distributed uh, but permissioned ledger allows HSBC to coordinate payments in real-time access uh, trading hubs in Americas, Europe, Asia, and Asia-Pacific. So mm -hmm. HSBC is saying that uh, it is saved 25% when they have shifted to blockchain. Yeah, I mean, the, the number seems low, I think, yeah. but. Uh... You will see this in uh, in most uh, in most of these cases. They will also uh, build in some type of system to uh, to save on on yeah on the, the cost. The number seems low uh, low because uh, I think they are doing it on a testing phase, so they okay. have not launched it on a whole scale. So that okay. be one of the reasons. Next is about Luxembourg passes blockchain framework bill into a law. So now the transactions that were done with blockchain technology will have the same legal status and protection as done through traditional ones. So uh, Luxembourg, uh, uh, good things for Luxembourg. One, uh, I, I'm not sure Luxembourg is a country or what is it? <laughs> it's a country, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, Next is uh, a survey uh, from institutional investors, and uh, I think this will be very interesting news for you. 41% of institutional investors to invest in ICOs within the next five years. This is based on survey by GBBC, which stands for Global Blockchain Business Council. And uh, this was uh, done in December 2018 and Jan 2019, where 71 global institutional investors, including private equity hedge funds and pension funds were surveyed. And the last point is very much interesting. CEO of GBBC said that by end of 2027, digital assets would form 10% of the total global GDP. 
So of the total global GDP, we are expecting 10% to come from uh, crypto assets. Uh, do you believe that? I believe it's possible, yes. Based on uh, what uh, uh, the projects that you're seeing or based on your experience in four years, what whatever the news you're reading uh, or what is so uh, uh, most convincing thing for you? Like, uh, it's, uh, it's solely based on the, uh, the amount of uh, money that companies will save to adopt this technology it's not about the super large corporations it's about all the small businesses as well okay uh, yeah. well, the based I, on that. okay because the reason i was asking this question is because i was actually following a, a forum called world economic forum now mm. uh, when i followed it last time uh, everything was about cryptocurrency not this time but last time last time it was all about cryptocurrency it was very a hot topic for uh, world economic forum but when you actually looked at the world the topics that were covered in this uh, world economic forum the majority of the topics were related to us uh, china trade talks and maybe the u.s shutdown and the income inequality and uh, blockchain did not have uh, uh, much preference in that so uh, that was my question do you feel that yeah. uh, uh, still that 10 percent would uh, be come from digital assets by 2027 hey, I, I think it's possible i mean uh it's eight years from now yeah uh, i i think that the the adoption and usage of i mean blockchain in all these different sectors will will uh, it will be like a massive you know once you once the uh, what do you call it resistance barrier or you know the uh, once that breaks it will happen very very fast uh, so I, I think it's uh, absolutely possible that this will happen now uh, comes to uh, the most uh, famous uh, news that have been that has come very recently is about jp morgan <laughs> jp morgan uh, uh, chase to launch JPM coin using crypto to speed settlements. The main reason was to increase settlement efficiency. Initially, within uh, it's going to start within three of its corporation. Now, this was the same person who said that uh, a long time back, or not a long time back, but some time back, that Bitcoin is crap and all that stuff. <laughs> and now here yeah. the here he is launching his own coin so uh, yeah. <laughs> just wanted to ask like uh, maybe what what how, what would you like to say about that i think it's a uh, really big humor you know i think it's a it's a joke to be honest i mean he this guy has been so pro on hating on on bitcoin 
So it's I'm I'm shocked that he's uh, I mean uh, that JP Morgan is doing this after all that bullshit coming from this guy. So I think it's a joke. Uh, of course they I mean they are going to use it anyways regardless if I think it's a joke or not. But uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> we will see. I, I don't know. I don't even know much about it. I'm just thinking you know they should stay out of it. They are but, negative. Perhaps, do you so. think it would be a threat to maybe some of the stable coins when JPM coin comes in? Uh, I mean, uh, as I said, I don't know much about the, the technical aspects of what they're trying to do. Are, are they building a stable coin? Is that what they're doing? I haven't really. I, I just saw the news and I was like, oh, I'm not even, even going to read it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. How are they building yeah. Ultimately, it would it is going to be a maybe a centralized one. So okay. uh, I also lost interest in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, but as I said early in, in the uh, in the stream, if they want to use it, build it, whatever, they, they can do it. I don't I don't I mean necessarily see it as a bad thing. It's not something that I'm gonna involve myself in because I think they are just uh, full of shit. And we have seen this uh, over the years. And and uh, I don't say that lightly, but they are full of shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that, that was the last news. Now, would you like to add something before I actually end this uh, podcast? I know it has been an exhausting one, but there were a lot of things that were needed to be covered uh, that were the, all the news for the week. So... Is there anything I that you would like to add? I would like to further push on people to educate themselves in, in the space. And as I said on one of your questions, there is a huge career opportunity for, for every, anyone. Learn to code is nothing that is hard to do. I mean, it's, uh, it's like going to school learning a language. It's the same thing, but it's code. So go to school, <laughs> learn to code, get uh, a super career in, in blockchain. Okay. And you, uh, you, you will have it, yeah. Yeah, uh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I'm just saying that uh, if you do it, you, you will have the, the career that you want. Okay. Uh, and uh, sorry, sorry, again. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I just said it's, it's sorely needed in the space. More people, more developers. So we can, you know, do some cool stuff. Okay. So, uh, is, uh, when you say about blockchain, is it o about maybe developers also only, or is it maybe uh, maybe people who are non-technical also th they can actually uh, be a part of it? Yeah, I mean there are there are assignments for uh, marketing, uh, legal. Uh, you have, uh, you know, there is a really big need for lawyers in crypto. Oh, okay. Because it's the same situation there. New regulations. Who, who knows this? Not even lawyers knows it. So they also need to educate themselves and get into, into the system. And they also have the good career opportunities because it's going to be a lot of pressure uh, on this with regulation. So that's, uh, in all aspects, look into it. Add the add the number on your salary. <laughs> okay. So, thank you for your time, Alex. It was really a pleasure talking to you, and hopefully we would connect again with uh, uh, for further episodes.
Thank you for having me. I had a blast. Welcome. Bye-bye.